Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. And today we are exploring a question that I get asked so much. How is Amber Heard paying for all of this? How is she paying for the appeal? How did she pay for her case? And to do that, we need to explore the insurance cases. So if you have heard about the insurance cases and are wondering what's going on, the reason I say cases is because there are two and we need to explore them now. So today I'm breaking down both of the insurance cases and the judge's statements at the June 24th hearing about the suspension bond and what Amber Heard has to pay for her appeal. So we just need to get into it. It's it's multiple cases and it's, look, it's nerdy law, interesting stuff, and I can't wait to break it down. So let's just get going. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. huge thank you to today's sponsor, Manscaped. July might be almost over, but you know, August is just as swampy. So you want to make sure that your hair care for down there is in tip top shape. Look, it's still pool season, people. We want to make sure that we are all the way together. So why not get the product that everyone in your household can enjoy? Manscaped is the leader in the men's below the belt waist grooming, but I use a lot of their products and really enjoy them. And the kiddos use their personal wash products because they smell good without smelling too much. And they have a spray on moisturizer that makes summer moisturizing really easy. I appreciate it. But my favorite is, well, it's a tie between the lawnmower 4.0 for all your uh, bush trimming needs down there. It even has a light and you can use it in the shower, but also the weed whacker. I can't talk enough about this product. Look, if you don't think nose hair matters, it matters. And you will notice how much it matters once you get your own weed whacker. If you want to try their most popular products, the performance package has got you covered. That package is for your package with the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, the beloved crop preserver, which is a ball deodorant and the crop reviver, which is a spray on ball toner. Look, they're not for my bits and pieces, but they might be for yours. It also comes with two free gifts, including the shed travel bag and the reduced chafing manscaped boxers. But ladies, if you're just looking to purchase for you, I would absolutely suggest trying the shaving products, the weed whacker, the lawnmower, they are fantastic. So if you want to get 20% off and free shipping, use our code lawnerd at manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code lawnerd. Ladies, do yourself a favor. And even though these products are marketed for men, they work fantastically. Give it a try for yourself. And with that, let's get back into today's episode. So where we are so far in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case is that Johnny Depp was kind of the big winner after jury trial. He won all three of his causes of action and won over $10 million in damages. It was $10 million in compensatory, $5 million in punitive, 
Those are the punishment ones. The punitive damages got reduced by law because in Virginia, they're like, eh, you can't do that. The max is 350,000. They don't tell the jury that. So the jury awarded what they wanted to in punitives. They thought 5 million was punishment for the behavior. I'm surprised they didn't pick seven. Like if they're going that high, why not just pick seven that was pledged and not donated? I don't know, but they didn't. So 10 and five reduced to 350. So 10.3 million. Amber Heard won one of her causes of action against Johnny Depp for statements made by Adam Waldman, though whenever the media talks about the fact that Amber Heard didn't even mention Johnny Depp's name, they never seem to mention the fact that Johnny Depp didn't even say shit. But I digress. It's one of the inconsistencies that has made me absolutely crazy in watching the reporting on this case. Amber Heard didn't even say his name. Okay, Johnny Depp didn't say anything. So if we're keeping that energy, I'm here for it. With that, we got into both parties filing their notice of appeal. A notice of appeal means I'm going to appeal. Both of them filed the appropriate appeal bond of $500. The question is, what about the suspension of judgment bond? Does it have to be filed or not? And we're going to talk about what Judge Askarati had to say about that, because there is still conflicting information about it. We will see. The deadline is going to be Monday before this episode's released, but after it's recorded. So we'll see what happens. There will be a note. Check the show notes. Check my check. If look. Whatever information comes out, I will probably do a short about it over on the QuickBits channel or on Instagram or TikTok. So check the socials. There will be an update and we'll see. So with that, we have both parties filing notice of appeal. Each party has three months to file their brief, the appellate brief, what they're going to tell us about, what they're going to, you know, if ever there was an episode to be sponsored by under. Did we talk about how good the Manscaped underwear was in this episode? Because if we didn't, they're boxers. You know, they're not a brief, but they're still great. So with that, the briefs are going to be filed within three months. Could they be filed sooner? Yes. Yes, they could. And that's going to lay out the law, the rulings, the issues that each party have. This is why we think there needs to be a new trial. This is why we think it should be less of a judgment award. This is why the jury can't do what they did. All of that stuff will be in the appellate brief. And at that point, we can evaluate the law and the facts as they're presenting it to the appellate court. And then the judges or judge on the appellate court is going to decide what happens on appeal. So that's where we're at with the appeal. But because we know that Amber Heard had a judgment against her of over $10 million, and because her lawyer, Elaine, went on all of the morning shows very quickly, right after the verdict, and talked about the fact that Amber Heard doesn't have the money to pay the judgment, the question came up, what about the bond for the appeal. And again, the $500 bond to file the notice of appeal has been paid by both parties, it seems, based on the filings. But the judge talked about the suspension bond when the judge entered the judgment against Amber Heard and Johnny Depp on June 24th. And we're going to take a look at that transcript right now. So during the June 24th hearing, they talked about whether things would be sealed or unsealed. And we know, and I've talked about previously, that a bunch of things are going to be unsealed. When that happens, we'll start looking at those documents. They have been crowdfunded 
by Andrea Burkhart over on Twitter, who also has a YouTube channel, is also a lawyer that's been covering this case for a substantial amount of time. And I believe others are going to be obtaining them as well. So we will, at some point, we will see them and we will cover them and go over them. So when things get unsealed, it's going to be thousands of pages of documents to go through. I hope there's a group effort. I need to reach out to the lawyers and be like, how are we dividing the outlines? I feel like law school. What motions are people covering and what just divide up the work? It's going to be so many documents. But at the end of that hearing, when they were talking about unsealing things, then we have Ms. Bredehoff Elaine saying, and we will answer, quote, we'll look for it and we'll answer no later than next Friday when we file it with the post-trial motions, Your Honor. The court says, all right. Elaine says on the seal, the court says that's fine. And when you appeal, there will be a suspension bond too. You understand that. That's the court. And when you appeal, there will be a suspension bond too. Not a, there may be, not a, you can ask for one, there will be. So it's my understanding based on what the judge is saying in this case, that the judge anticipates a suspension bond will be put into place. Emily, what does that mean? Okay, real quick. A suspension bond means that you need to put up the amount of the judgment. Well, the judge is going to tell them how much they need to put up so that the other party's not trying to collect your bond while they or collect their judgment while you're appealing. It's almost like escrow. You put all the money in escrow, and if you lose your appeal, it goes to the party it's supposed to go to. If you win your appeal, it goes back to you or stays in escrow until whatever happens next happens. So it's a way to make sure that it's not an appeal as a delay tactic to just not pay, right? So there's a lot of circumstances where we've seen different type of appeals bonds be put into place in cases that we've covered, particularly for our purposes, because I cover so much that's in the trial level court, we see appeals with preliminary injunctions. When you get a preliminary injunction, there is generally a bond that can be enforced against you for the losing side, because if you're delaying something, you know, on and on and on. So we've seen that in the Nike uh, mischief case. We've seen that in the uh, dress designer case. We've seen it in a few other cases where a bond is posted due to a preliminary injunction. This is a post-trial suspension bond. So let us not delve into that anymore, but look at what the judge said. The court, that's fine. And when you appeal, there will be a suspension bond too. You understand that. Elaine. We plan on addressing that with the post-trial motions, Your Honor. She didn't. Spoiler alert. It wasn't mentioned in any of the post-trial motions that I've seen. And I think we covered them all here. So Elaine says we plan on addressing it with post-trial motion. The court said, well, I can address it right now if you, and Elaine cuts off the court and said, I prefer to be able to. And the court says, I understand what you prefer. Ooh. Okay, Your Honor. I understand what you prefer, but I'm going to tell you the suspension bond would be the amount of the judgment plus 6% interest for a year because that's what it should be. The amount of the judgment plus 6% interest for the year. So the court is telling Elaine there will be a suspension bond and it will be 10.3 million plus 6% interest. Ms. Bredehoff, okay. The court, okay. So that's one less thing I have you have to address, Ms. Bredehoff. Well, will your honor permit me to at least address that in the post-trial motions? 
And the court says, if you wish, but that's my order right now. Elaine says, I understand, completely understand. The court says, okay. Elaine says, thank you, Your Honor. The court says, all right, anything further? Ben Chu says, no, Your Honor, thank you very much. The court says, anything further? Elaine says, no. The court says, all right, we'll get a copy of this order for you. And then Ms. Bredahoff said, I hope Your Honor had a great vacation, by the way. And the court said, okay, I, the court is in recess. <laughs> and that is kind of the end of the part of the hearing that's relevant for us at the very end of that hearing, entering the final judgment. But the court says will. So where this suspension bond will come from, we don't know yet, but someone will be putting up the suspension bond there. You know, I'm sure they will be working with a bond company to put it up and put up collateral for it, but we will see. 10.3 million plus 6% interest is just a lot. But let's look at how Amber Heard was paying for her lawyers because we've learned quite a lot about it in a group of lawsuits. There are two. The first lawsuit is Travelers Insurance versus New York Marine Insurance. I'm going to truncate those to Travelers and New York Marine because they are suing each other because they have both insured Amber Heard. The other one is New York Marine suing Amber Heard directly. Both of these are in California in federal court because the insurance policies were issued as homeowners policies and umbrella policies or general policies in California. We're not going to get into the whole nitty gritty of these, but we're going to go over the things that we've learned about Amber Heard's defense and what was going on behind the scenes with the lawyers, because it's really interesting stuff. So the first lawsuit we're looking at is the first amended complaint from Travelers Insurance versus New York Marine. And we're going to look at the allegations and then we're going to go look at the answer from New York Marine to get a little bit more of the facts in this case. So what Travelers Commercial Insurance Company, Travelers, is looking for with New York Marine is declaratory judgment and equitable contribution. What that means is that they are looking for the judge to declare something, to make a ruling. This is what it is, to decide a matter of law as it applies to the facts and for equitable contribution of defense expenses. Hey, we paid for this. Pay us back or pay us your part. So let's look at the facts here and the allegations from travelers. What I appreciate about the insurance lawsuits is they are really concise in their facts. They're just written in a very direct way, and it makes it just so easy to go through. <laughs> Thank you to the lawyers from Travelers and New York Marine for just getting to the point and just putting it out on paper. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Defendant New York Marine and General Insurance Company, and they call them ProSite. I don't know why, but in the case they are calling them ProSite, I have been calling them New York Marine. In the document, you will see it as ProSite. Literally, I have no idea why. I didn't research it. But they're saying that Defendant New York Marine failed to meet its obligation to provide its and travelers mutual insured, Amber Heard, a California resident with independent counsel to defend the insured, Amber Heard, in an underlying defamation action, which is a breach of its insurance policy and its obligations. New York Marine didn't pay for independent counsel for Amber Heard. They go on to allege that it has unfairly forced travelers to pay ProSite's proper share of defense costs. Hey, we had to pay for all the lawyers. Travelers has been damaged by this conduct, and it is entitled to a judgment in the form of a declaration that ProSite was obligated to provide the mutual insured with a proper defense. Your Honor, tell Marine 
general prosite that they had to pay Amber Heard's legal defense. They had to pay for the lawyers. We paid for all of it. They have to pay their part. Don't worry. We're going to get into whether they have to pay or not in the second lawsuit. So just just don't get ahead of ourselves. We're going to talk about it. Don't worry. They say that under the doctrine of equitable contribution, Travelers is entitled to reimbursement from ProSite of at least half of the monies Traveler has spent so far to defend their mutual insured with proper counsel and adequate experts and vendors. Travelers paid the attorneys, the experts, and vendors. And they're going to tell you how much they spent in attorney's fees in a little bit. And if you're sitting here going, but Emily, I watched this whole trial on your channel. And I remember when Amber Heard was on the stand saying, I've paid over $6 million to defend this case. What did she mean? Well, she was using I paid and travelers paid synonymously because travelers makes it very clear in this litigation that they paid, not Amber Heard. Did Amber Heard pay for the insurance? We don't know who paid for the insurance policy, but we know that travelers was paying for adequate experts, vendors, and proper counsel. Why do they say proper counsel? There's an argument over whether the insurance company picks the attorney or whether the insured picks the attorney. It's an argument that we are going to skip over pretty quickly because the facts that Marine, New York Marine lays out are very interesting on that point. And so we will get there um, when, well, when we get there. They lay out information about policies that travelers issued a homeowner's policy starting in November 14th, 2018 and ended November 14th, 2019. And then New York Marine issued a policy that was a commercial general liability insurance policy between January 18th, 2018 and sorry, July 18th, 2018 and July 18th, 2019. So both of these are covering from 2018 to 2019. Remember, the defamatory article came out in December 2018, so it falls under both of these policies. They talk about the underlying defamation action, which we know about in March 2019. Heard was sued in Virginia over the article. Traveler's response to the tender, the tender being Amber Heard going to her insurance company being like, I'm insured, I'm sued, handle it, that they accepted responsibility. They offered to pay for independent defense counsel of Amber Heard's own selection, subject to rate limitations under the California Civil Code. And the traveler has paid the fees. Travelers has paid the fees of the mutually insured independent defense counsel. Travelers paid the fees. They said that ProSite accepted its obligation to defend the insured under a reservation of rights, meaning if we don't have to, we're not going to. That's a very, very brief summation, but we'll see it in the other lawsuit. ProSite's reservation triggered the mutual insurer's right to independent counsel under California law, and then they go through the California law. The judge made a lot of rulings about this, so we're not going to dive into that tangent of it. If there are any insurance attorneys listening. I'm not ignoring it. It just is way deeper than our purposes here today. They said that ProSite's reservation of rights letters triggered the fact that Amber Heard was allowed to choose independent counsel. And they allege that instead they picked the counsel for Amber Heard. They also said that ProSite sent an email to travelers on September 30, 2019, encouraging travelers 
to revise its revision of rights in such a way as to avoid having to provide the mutual insured Amber Heard with independent defense counsel. By independent defense counsel, we mean defense counsel of Amber Heard's choice, not of the insurance company's choice. And said in the email, according to this allegation, that the reservation of rights under the intentional acts exclusion is not necessary as coverage for willful acts is not insurable as a matter of public policy, just like punitive damages. This is really the basis of the other lawsuit that the insurance coverage is not applicable to willful acts. And if you're sitting there going, wait a sec, defamation against public figures involves malice. And isn't malice just willfulness? Yes. Yes, it is. And we will get to it. So they go on in this email, as it's alleged in this lawsuit, to say, if you reserve rights by simply saying, quote, to the extent that California law does not permit an insurer to indemnify the insured, no indemnity can be provided. You address both the willful acts and punitive damages. Insurance doesn't cover that. And you can still control the defense as there is no conflict of interest under California law. What the judge ruled in other motions regarding this is that this is not under California law. This is Virginia. They're Virginia attorneys in a Virginia court. Though the insurance policies are governed under California law, the attorney conflict rules of Virginia are what's going to apply. <sighs> That's a whole deep dive into insurance. They're saying that ProSite instead appointed defense counsel of its choosing and refused demands by herd and by travelers to participate in the defense with counsel of the insured's choosing, Amber Heard. They say that this was compounded by a breach of duty to defend, duty to defend the defamation lawsuit by having its appointed counsel do next to nothing and quote unquote piggybacking on the work of the mutual insured's independent counsel paid for by travelers. So we now have allegations that there were attorneys hired by travelers and attorneys hired by New York Marine. Well, not hired. Attorneys hired by Amber Heard and paid for by the insurance. Travelers is alleging they let Amber Heard choose whoever she wanted and they just paid. But they're saying that New York Marine chose the attorneys for Amber Heard and did not participate with travelers in letting her choose her own attorneys. That's what they're alleging here. Then they say that ProSite's appointed counsel withdrew from representation of Heard November 20, 2020 and that ProSite advised travelers on January 21, 2021, that it would pay 50% of the fees and costs incurred by the Independent Defense Council after November 20, 2020, after the time where their attorneys withdrew from representation. Then they get into the disputes, the declaratory, uh, the declaratory judgment. They are seeking a declaration against New York Marine saying, duty to defend since the underlying action was tendered to it. And through the present, ProSite is obligated under the policy to defend the insured. You have to provide money for the legal defense. Duty to defend with independent counsel. Not only do you have to provide attorneys, you have to let the insured pick the attorneys. Breach of duty to defend. The ProSite failed to meet its duty to defend the insured in the underlying action and has failed to properly defend the insured with independent defense counsels of the insured's choosing. Then obligation to reimburse travelers because they had an obligation to defend is what they're saying that 
Now they have to reimburse travelers for at least half of the fees, costs, and expenses occurred by travelers. Obligation to pay fees and costs incurred by independent counsel. Hey, we've been paying all the fees and costs for the lawyers. You have to pay for the lawyers. They say travelers is informed and believes that ProSite disputes travelers' right to each and every one of the foregoing. Your Honor, rule as a matter of law on the facts and declare this relief. Because once you declare this relief, then they can follow up. Then they're also asking in count two for equitable contribution. Pay us. Pay us. Pay us. So let's get into the facts a little bit more on what pay us really means. Huge thank you to today's sponsor, Quip. One of the things I love so much about Quip is they make it really easy to get the things you need to your door. You know, I just love things being easy, set it and forget it, just deliver it. Quip delivers a ton of your oral hygiene needs directly to your door, including brush heads, floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, gum refills. You can get those coming to your door on rotation from just $5 and shipping is free. So you save money, you save yourself a trip to the store, you have what you need when you need it, and it all works with their incredible smart toothbrush. The Smart Electronic Toothbrush is everything you love about the original brush, but a new Bluetooth smart motor that connects to the free Quip app so you can monitor your brushing, get tips and daily coaching, and of course, earn those rewards for all kinds of free stuff, including a solar battery charger. Emily, would you take your Sonic toothbrush out into the woods? Yes. Yes, I would. And everywhere. But you can also get things like e-gift cards to Target, tote bags, refillable floss, and others. So if you want to find out why my entire family loves Quip, you can find out for yourself. If you go to getquip.com slash Show right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Show, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Show. Find out why Quip is the good habits company partly because they just send it to you. It makes it so easy. So go find out for yourself. Let's get back to today's episode. So in their answer to this lawsuit, New York Marine was like, cute, we deny everything. And this is typical in an answer to a lawsuit. We deny this, we deny that, we don't have enough information to deny. These are our affirmative defenses, et cetera. So we're not going to go through the general denials because it's like deny, deny, deny. But then they also countersued. So aside from the general denials, we get the counterclaim and the counterclaim gives us all of the tea. The counterclaim tells us what's going on with these lawyers and I'm here for it. So in the counterclaim, New York Marine acknowledges that travelers had a policy that went from the same dates that New York Marine had a commercial general liability policy that Amber Heard was sued in Virginia for defamation in March 2019 that New York Marine accepted the insured's defense and said in or about September 4th, 2019, uh, the insured tendered the underlying action to New York Marine. So Amber Heard sent it to New York Marine for insurance coverage on September 4th, 2019. And they say upon information and belief, they also tendered the underlying action travelers on the same day. They say on October 1st, 2019, New York Marine accepted the insured's defense subject to a reservation of rights. Hey, we're not going to pay anything. We don't have to by law. And they appointed the law firm of Cameron McAvoy PLLC 
to defend the assured in the underlying action. This is the key for me. At the time it appointed Cameron McAvoy to represent the insured in the underlying action, Cameron McAvoy was already representing the insured in that litigation, having been retained by the insured. Oh, what? So they appointed the attorney that had already been hired by Amber Heard. Weird. Weird. So all of the argument over independent counsel, I don't think is on point because Amber Heard had already hired these attorneys when they said, okay, we will appoint these attorneys. We're appointing these attorneys, the attorneys that you already retained independently, making them then independent attorneys. They say that Cameron McAvoy is located in Fairfax, Virginia. And you know what? They don't allege that Cameron McAvoy is so fucking glad that they are not involved in all of this. But I think we can read between the lines here. That's just me being cheeky. Cameron McAvoy is located in Fairfax, Virginia, and the attorneys retained to defend the insured in the underlying action are licensed in Virginia, not California, relevant to the other provisions we talked about. In appointing Cameron McAvoy, New York Marine expressly instructed that firm that it was to serve as lead counsel. You've already been retained. You are lead counsel. Traveler accepted the insured's defense on October 7th after New York Marine. And travelers agreed to assume the defense in the underlying action. Travelers on October 7th, 2019, sent a reservation of rights letters to provide the insured with independent counsel. Following Traveler's October 7th reservation of rights letter, the insured retained and Traveler's has funded the insured's defense through New York-based attorney Roberta Kaplan of the law firm Kaplan, Hecker, and Fink. And we saw that with, um, we saw that in the early depositions that were played in the trial, that the early depositions were done by this attorney, Roberta Kaplan, not by Elaine. Remember the date that the other attorneys yeeted themselves in 2020? I wonder if this has anything to do with it. In or about June 2020, the insured replaced the Kaplan firm with Virginia-based licensed attorney Elaine Bredehoft of the law firm Charlson, Bredehoft, Cohen, Brown, and Needlehoft. Hmm. Although Travelers has permitted the insured and both the Kaplan and Bredehoff firms to retain and utilize other attorneys and firms to assist in the representation of the insured, the Kaplan firm and subsequently the Bredehoff firm were the only firms funded by Travelers who were primarily responsible for the defense. They go on to talk about the fact that the insurance company can limit the rates And they say that travelers did not enforce the provision of the civil code that allows independent counsel retained and funded by travelers to reduce its rates. They said instead, travelers permitted the independent counsel retained by the insured to fund uh, and funded by travelers to bill and receive payment at independent counsel's own usual and customary rates, rates which are higher than, quote, the rates which are actually paid by travelers, quote, two attorneys retained by it in the ordinary course of business in the defense of similar actions in the community where the claim arose or is being defended. So in this counterclaim, you're getting New York Marines saying, why should we have to pay half when you agreed to pay like all the shit, but you're not following the code? Stick to the code. 
when you follow the code, you would have been paying them a normal rate for the type of defense that the insurance company would normally pay, not whatever they're billing. They say specifically on or about June 10th, 2020, travelers entered into an agreement with independent counsel, Bretta Hoff, Elaine, pursuant to which independent counsel was permitted to bill at its usual and customary hourly rates, which aren't listed here, bummer, without limitation on those amounts, subject to a purported agreement that this would constitute a, quote, capped fee of $2.5 million through post-trial motions. Interesting. As of February 2021, independent counsel had exhausted the purported fee cap of $2.5 million. By February 2021, Bretta Hoff had exhausted the fee cap of $2.5 million, but trial remained more than a year away. They go on to allege that rather than holding independent counsel to the agreement, hey, you said $2.5 million through post-trial motions. The rest is on you, friend. Good luck. They say on May 18th, 2021, travelers entered into a new agreement with independent counsel, pursuant to which it vitated the original capped fee and agreed to continue to pay independent counsel's ongoing fees and costs. Oh, we had an agreement, but whatevs. On information and belief by way of the new May 18th, 2021, Travelers exercised its rights under Civil Code 2860 to limit payments to independent counsel to rates that were actually paid by it to other attorneys retained in the ordinary course of business. So that's when they started limiting what could be charged by a lane. As a result, and on information and belief, Travelers has occurred in excess of $5 million in defense fees and costs in connection with the underlying action far in excess of the amounts which Travelers was required to pay in light of the provision of Civil Code 2860C, upon which it could have relied. Remember, this motion is filed, in case we didn't say it, on March 25th, 2022. So as of March 25th, 2022, before this goes to trial, trial being the most expensive part of any litigation, before this goes to trial, they have exhausted over five million dollars in defense fees. They then get into what was going on between the attorneys. Following Travelers and New York Marines' respective reservations of rights, Travelers and New York Marines, through the representative counsel funded by each, proceeded to defend the insured in the underlying action. Independent counsel retained by the insured and funded by Travelers consistently refused to cooperate with Cameron McAvoy and deliberately obstructed and prevented Cameron McAvoy's active involvement in the defense of Amber Heard. Specifically, independent counsel retained by the insured and funded by travelers omitted Cameron McAvoy and its attorneys from communications with the court and opposing counsel from and from case-related emails. They say that the traveler's attorneys, Elaine, at one point, also frequently omitted and failed to notify or include Cameron McAvoy in discussions in consideration of Kate's strategy and tactics, and frequently failed to include Cameron McAvoy in pleadings and notices, including by removing them from the pleadings, proofs of services, and other notices. In or about August 2020, the Bredehoff firm entered into a stipulation to continue the trial without including Cameron McAvoy in discussions. Expensive, by the way, delaying trial for two years. Without notifying counsel of such stipulation, without including them on the stipulation or proofs of services, with the result that Cameron McAvoy learned of the stipulation and court's order, 
through the court's publicly available docket. Travelers has inhibited and obstructed New York Marines' ongoing participation in the defense of the insured by failing to timely provide copies of status reports, invoices, billing audits, and proofs of payment, despite the requests. They then go on to say in March, on March 21st, 2020, an email to attorney Sean Roche of the Cameron McAvoy firm, Pamela Johnson, Travelers Assistant VP and Claim Professional, and others, talked about the billing and sharing of work stated that her conversation with independent counsel did not go well. So this is an attorney from Cameron McAvoy hired by Amber Heard and being paid by New York Marine is trying to communicate with Elaine and that the conversation with Elaine, quote unquote, did not go well. Great. Notwithstanding Traveler's March 2020 conversation with them, independent counsel continued to refuse to cooperate with or facilitate Cameron McAvoy's active participation in the defense. Interesting. Travelers thereafter both failed to insist that independent counsel cooperate with and facilitate the full and active participation of Cameron McAvoy um, in the defense of the insured and the underlying action. As a result of independent counsel's refusal, Elaine, as a result of independent counsel's refusal to cooperate with or facilitate its active participation in the defense of the underlying action, and Traveler's failure to obtain or require cooperation, on November 6, 2020, the Cameron McAvoy firm withdrew its representation of Amber Heard in this action, or in that action, the defamation action. So, so Traveler's paid Elaine et al. Amber Heard had previously hired the Cameron McAvoy firm, and New York Marine appointed them and was willing to pay them. And then they couldn't work with Elaine. And Elaine, it sounds from these allegations, was leaving them off of everything. So now they are countersuing, New York Marine is countersuing travelers for declaratory relief that they didn't owe a duty to defend the insured through independent counsel, that they, that New York Marine did not fail to provide a defense to its insured, because they tried that they don't have to reimburse travelers because travelers doesn't isn't entitled to 50% of all of the wild fees they agreed to. And the prayer for relief lines out all of the declarations that they want in the declaratory relief. But that's not all because then New York Marine sued Amber Heard. Hmm, weird. So on July 8th, 2022, New York Marine Insurance Company sued Amber Heard, and then they filed a first amended complaint on July 11th, 2022, as we lovingly refer to them on this channel, a fact. It's a fact. Let's take a look briefly at what New York Marine is suing Amber Heard over. It's mostly for declaratory relief. It's mostly for declaratory relief. The factual allegations, the insurance policy, New York Marine issued policy number, policy number listed to named insured under the Black Sky Inc. and Amber Heard for a policy period of July 18th, 2018 to July 18th, 2019, with a per occurrence limit of a million dollars. They say that the policy includes comprehensive personal liability coverage 
And they define personal injury in that comprehensive coverage to mean injury other than bodily injury arising out of one or more enumerated offenses, including oral or written publication of material that slanders or libels a person or organization, including other forms of defamation. So defamation's covered. They go through the underlying lawsuit and talk about the fact that Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard in Virginia on March 1st, 2019 for the Washington Post op-ed published December 18th and 19th, 2018. They said that on October 1st, they accepted the defense, as we heard in the other lawsuit, and that at the time, Amber Heard had already retained Cameron McAvoy PLLC, and this insurance company went ahead and appointed that law firm for the defense to be paid by the insurance. They say the underlying action proceeded to trial April 11th. On May 27th, the court issued the jury instructions. They attached them because the jury instructions make it clear that this is a willful defamation. They say that on June 1st, the jury in the underlying action returned a verdict in favor of debt for all counts. And then they talk about what the judgment was, including the 10 million award and then the 5 million punitive damages and then the statutory cap. Their first cause of action is declaratory relief as to plaintiff's duty to indemnify Heard for the judgment order under the policy. We're not paying the judgment. Remember, they're fighting in the other court over the lawyers. And now they're saying, we're not paying the judgment either. Plaintiff incorporates everything by reference. California Insurance Code 533 provides that an insurer is not liable for a loss caused by the willful act of the insured. Well, well, that 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 is a problem. Willful is literally the part of the defamation that makes this defamation hard to prove. There has to be malice. Malice is willfulness. Willful disregard of the truth. You have to intend it. It's not a whoopsie. You have to know that the shit that you're saying is false. And the jury found it specifically. And in the jury verdict forms that we've been over, when it asks, was it willful? It says yes on all three, which is why they attach them as an exhibit in this case. They attach all of the jury verdict forms and the jury instructions as exhibits to this lawsuit. But the California Insurance Code 533 says, no, sir, no, ma'am. An insurer, the insurance company here, is not liable for a loss caused by the willful act of the insured, but he is not exonerated by a negligence of the insured. If it was regular defamation, not of a public figure, no malice, it's covered. But when it's malice, it's not covered. This provision is an implied exclusionary clause, which by statute is read into all insurance policies under California law. The jury's factual findings establish that Heard's liability is caused by the willful acts of Heard. And then they go on to say, therefore, we don't have to pay. Due to the actual and present controversy described above, we're asking for declaratory relief. And then they ask for other types of declaratory relief, including that the plaintiff insurance company did not have to indemnify Heard for the judgment in the underlying action. They're asking for declaratory relief that the insurance company does not have to defend Heard in the underlying action. This is going to say, look, we don't have to defend. So even if the other court is like, you should share costs, we didn't have a duty to defend. So this is kind of overlapping a little bit with the other inter-insurance company action. 
So they don't have to defend you because of the willfulness, meaning that if they had paid for the defense, could they go claw it back and be like, the jury found this to be willful, pay us back. We don't have to. We don't have to pay you or we don't have to pay your lawyers. The fourth cause is declaratory relief as to the insurance company's duty to defend and indemnify Amber Heard under the policy. And then they reiterate that in their prayer for relief. So what we have here is two lawsuits. One is the insurance companies fighting amongst each other. Travelers has paid over $5 million. We know that that's gone well up since March for Amber Heard. And they want New York Marine to pay half. And New York Marine sued Amber Heard and said, we don't have to pay you shit. And New York Marine countersued travelers and said, we're not paying half. Also, you done messed up because uh, you let the attorneys wild out with the fees. You boxed out our attorneys. Our attorneys yeeted, and that is on you. So we're not paying it. So could Amber Heard be on the hook for her own judgment? Yes. Could travelers under their policy be on the hook for some of it? Possibly. Have we seen all of what travelers is on the hook for? No. But what we do know is travelers has footed the bill for a lane at all. So when Amber Heard testified that she has paid $6 million, was that true? It depends what the definition of paid is. If by paid, you mean your insurance company paid it, then I guess. But if by paid, you mean you donated it, well, those things are just synonymous. So it's not really paid. I don't understand why Amber Heard doesn't understand what paying for shit is. How do you not know what paying for things means? But she doesn't. So with that, we are going to see, I think, an uptick in the litigation between the two insurance companies now that this case is completed. We are going to see this back in court. It's set for a jury trial. Will that go to trial? I don't know. But if it does, oh boy, I want to see. I want to see the emails between all the attorneys. Yep. I want to see the attorneys fighting it out. What were those conversations with Elaine like before the other counsel was like, we're bouncing? I want to know. And I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with this declaratory relief against Amber Heard. I don't think under the law in California, I cannot see a situation where New York Marine has to pay a dime of this judgment. And we will see if Amber Heard puts up that suspension bond for the appeal shortly. It's a whole lot of money, but it's a whole nother situation where Amber Heard's like, what? Paid, pledged, donated, insured, whatever. It's all the same. It's not all the same to these insurance companies that are duking this out in court. Don't forget to let me know what questions you have about today's episode on social media. If you are a member in our member spaces, when I put up discussion threads, this is not over. So even though we have all of the appeals going on, We're still going to have these insurance cases going on. We are not out of the woods on this yet. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spending another episode of The Emily Show with me. I will see you in the next one. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May it not be too hot where you live. May your gas not be $7 a gallon. May your family be well. May you not have monkeypox. And may the odds be ever in your favorite. The outro is just going to keep growing because weird shit just keeps happening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a honored. I'll see you in the next one.